Hey, my loves. Okay, I wanted to address something um, that I talked about in the last podcast. I'm not telling you to go there. Um, if you listen to it, I would say you're going to get the max or the most bang for your buck in the five first five minutes. Um, and then the rest of the podcast, like I, I mentioned in the description, I'm just kind of letting the thought simmer and unfold. And it is chit-chat style. But here's one of the things that... um. I, I want to kind of bring to the surface, right? It's kind of like when you're cooking and you add a little bit of like oregano or black pepper and the hints of that flavor come up in something that you're eating. You know, if you, if you really take your time to savor it. <clears throat> and so this is kind of like your oregano moment, right? In the sense that I kept saying that the, the the sooner you can understand emotional intelligence and look at it in a formulaic uh, uh, approach, you know, if this, then that, and understand that people are, um, it, it's very like, almost like a chemical reaction, right? So if, if you're, for the most part, you know, mean to someone, they're going to be mean back. If you disrespect someone they're gonna feel a certain kind of way if you you know there's lots of books on this like 92 ways to influence people right art of seduction (gasps) excuse me strategies 48 laws of power right it's all about how people act under conditions um and i talked to I, i think the oregano moment that i didn't really get to bring to the point in the last podcast is Men are also formulaic, right? They also have their own formula. And a lot of us know there's something to it. But I really think at this point in my life, like if I have to document this and it goes down in the annals of history for the remainder of time, I would say listening to Princella, I've been listening to her for about maybe a week now. It has really helped me understand, I think, men much better. Um... I'm going to tell you right off the bat, it's triggering, but if you're young and you get access to that information, it's going to save you a lot of stress and a lot of problems, and you're going to dodge a lot of bullets, right? So this is me like figuring things out, you know, on my own, piecing stuff together. And so the way that I felt with listening to her for just in, in two sessions, um, in two of her episodes, by the second episode of listening to her, it was like I got to take advantage of listening to all of the information that she's culminated and brought myself up to speed just like that. In in two to four hours, I've now gotten, you know, all of that wealth and wisdom. And I was thinking back on, you know, reflecting like, is this true? Is this accurate? How does it, and it matched right up. And it's like, man, if I had that information at a young age, the formula, um, I don't know to what degree, you know, other people would say this, but it's like once she kind of gives you like the secret codes, once you see those codes, oh my gosh. Um, I happened to watch an old episode of um, Kendra from like six months ago or something and I, if I'm not mistaken, I had watched it before and I knew there was some things that were kind of, you know, eh, red flags or that type of thing. 
But once uh, I was watching it again through a new pair of lenses or a clearer lens, it was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. The language is right there. The coding is right there. It's just like a formula. It, I mean, you cannot get in over around or through it. It is it's just right smack dab in front of you. And if you don't know, you know. And so you have people in the comments who have their own perspectives, you know, type of thing. But once you know what you're looking for, I mean, the the red flags are just right there. Bam, right in your face, right? Type of a thing. Um, Another thing I kind of wanted to talk about here too, it was so interesting to me because uh, last night I was listening to one of her, her episodes. I'm catching up on some of the older stuff that she talks about. Um, and I really like it because it really stimulates my mind. And again, uh, not just for how I, um, self-awareness, but also dealing with the opposite gender, right? Um, and it puts me in a position of more autonomy, right? When I tell you I can move so much better, and it's almost like I've always, not always, but for the most part, my style is I'm more of the don't feed the trolls type. And it really turned up the dial on that because I think before I would just kind of be like, oh, that's some troll shit. Like, that person's just straight up just, mm-mm. you know, um, whereas now it's kind of like I catch it even quicker um, and there, oh, so last night I was watching uh, one of her episodes and, I, you know, I talk about how, unfortunately, in the black community, we're, <sighs> you know what, moment of transparency. Let me, let me, let me, let me walk through this, right? The, um, it's weird because this movie that I was watching I was going to say it's like we're copying off of fourth grade black boys that are not there's there's studies that show they're not the brightest and they just can't seem to pass the fourth grade level of comprehension, understanding. They don't understand stats, data, comprehension, um, you know, correlations, um, consequences. um, And so. Uh, but the part where I kind of caught myself is there's there's this new level of, of talk or awareness where um, I kind of talked about it a little bit in the last half class. I'm not telling you to go there. We're just going to keep moving forward. And um, Scorpio Scorpio put up a clip of Carl Tucker, Carlton Tucker, whatever, on Fox talking about how black people have like their pineal gland and uh, they are supposed to develop... Um, intellectually and I think spiritually at a faster rate than their counterparts but and so it's but I don't know what in the Sam Hill has happened because when you look at how um, black men operate something is the math is not mathing and here's why when I was watching the episode last night she was talking about the uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and she was talking to this whole entire grown man. I want to say he might have been like double her age, but he was he definitely had a good I want to say just from the sound of his voice, he sounded like an older gentleman. 
I think he must have been like either like 40, 50 or 60 in that range, right? It's, it's, a, it's a good, but he sounded way older than her. He has several years up on her in terms of from what I, what I gathered. This man has never heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, y'all. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I can text my niece right now, 15 years old, 15 and a half. And she's going to know what Maslow's hierarchy of need. Now, that being said, <clears throat> I think it's really cool because when I was in school, like the highest level was um, self-actualization. Um, but in my recent, within the last year of me looking up the Maslow's hierarchy of need, there's a, a new level that has been added or I think that we're all coming into awareness of, which is, <laughs> is um, transcendence. Right, transcendence, which is really cool because even when I was listening to uh Princella, and I like it because she has a lot of research about human biology, human psychology, sociology, you know, why we do things, how we act, how it unfolds. But um, it was really cool too because she was even talking about how there's like the chakras and how there are, I think, was it like seven. I think it was six, and then there was, I think with Transcendence, it's going to be seven in the color codes. And and even, you know, before I go on more to, to the guy, it was so cool because it was just a reminder of how we can have such basic needs. And so it's even things like when she said, you know, when when, when just even that lesson alone, let me try to, to get as much as possible to you in the way that she did, because this was deep too. Like just listening to her for little segments of time is going to elevate how you perceive other people and who you're going to entertain because um you can tell which what level a person is on based on how they're trying to come at you so when you go and you watch like for example example Kendra G's show and they ask what are you looking for in a woman if he's saying he just wants someone pretty he's on the very basic you know, lower level, animalistic, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. He just wants, you know, sex, food, you know, it's basically, I think it comes down to like sex, fuck, and sleep. Basic. And it's very rare and far and few between that you will hear a man say, what, when, when you ask him, what are you looking for in a woman? That he will say, you know, something along the lines of a companion or someone that is um, on a higher level, right? That that has a mission or a purpose or... Which, you know, I kind of have a little bit... I think it's easy. Like if I were on a dating show, it would be kind of a, a little bit quirky to answer. But a lot of you have heard me talk about this for the two and a half years I've been on the podcast in terms of what I'm looking for in a partner. I like the idea of having a partner that I can, you know, leave a legacy with and, you know, definitely I would say raise the vibration and leave the world a better place than what we, you know, found it in and, um, and and have an adventure together, right? So at that point, and she did a really good job. You know what? I wish I could remember which episode it was because it was deep. And so when when you start to, to even hear, I think with me 
kind of being open to the idea of dating in maybe three years or so. Um, if he's coming at me just kind of like, oh, you're pretty or you're attractive or that, then I already know, okay, you're on a basic level. You haven't ascended because I'm so much more than that, right? So much more than that. Embody so many more experiences and thoughts and and in essence about me, right? Most women are, right? I mean, most people, most people are, right? Um, But yeah, so this guy hadn't, had no idea of what um, Abram Maslow's hierarchy of needs was. So she goes through and she explains it through to him. And um, he listens to it. And then he says, yeah, but you can't, you can't take that and try to say that that's how people act. When I tell you, I almost flipped up my laptop and like threw it across the room. Like, of course, I'm not going to destroy my own stuff. That's just, but it was just like this energy. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Maslow went and studied X amount of people and said, all of these people have commonalities, right? There's percentages, there's studies that show. And so he has this, he doesn't understand <coughs> that human behavior, there are people who study human behavior and that we have patterns and we have formulas, right? And people say things and do things based on you know, what's part of their programming. If you're dusty, if you're low vibrational, if you're, yeah, if you're low vibrational, you're just going to be looking for a woman that's pretty, you know, and, and that's it. Because that's, that's the level that you're at. She talked about when you move up into the higher levels, then you you start to look at morals and values and how you view yourself and how other people view yourself. And then how can you make things better for you and them and everyone else, right? Um, and so it was just really weird to me that he said, well, I wouldn't just go off of what that guy is saying. He has done scientific study. And one of the things I really have an appreciation for undergrad and graduate school and postdoctoral, right? Because I went, I did one year of um, doctorate level courses. And then I figured it wasn't, the the return on investment wasn't going to be as good. Um, I could have still continued taking classes, truly. um, But at that point, I decided to just switch my time from learning to getting my real estate license and to getting my insurance license versus going to school for a degree that I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to whatever. But even in the doctorate level, one of the classes I had to take, we spent the whole quarter on just studying psychology, Sigmund Freud, right? The yin and the yang type of stuff, the Wait, not Sigmund Freud. Um, Abrams, uh, uh, let me see. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. This came up. Okay. But yeah, let me let me just stay on track, right? And so for him to totally discredit someone who we've been referencing for years and you can look and see how 
human behavior is shaped by that. It was really kind of like a example of the conversations we're having. You'll have all of this stuff that shows patterns, right? And they'll just he just discredited it. It's like he had just she had just given him a really, I think, very um articulate lesson. I would say, you know, and, and I think she's I'm gonna I'm not trying to psychoanalyze or anything, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is she did a really good job because, like I said, I've taken classes at the college level, undergrad, graduate, and doctorate level. Even at the doctorate level, I still remember the class that I had with, with one of my favorite teachers. And, um, she, you know, not everyone can explain it. I think I'm I'm kind of sensing I'm having a little bit hard time articulating it myself. But just even, I, I want to say she spent about three minutes explaining it and did a really excellent job of explaining it. And for him to just throw out, you know, um, let me see. I'm going to type in who is Maslow. But yeah, so I just wanted to kind of um, talk a little bit about how, you know, men have their own formulas, women have their own formulas, and how we do things. And... So yeah, so it says here, biography of Abraham Maslow. He was a psychologist. He developed a hierarchy of needs to explain human motivation, what motivates us, right? And again, this is so interesting to even just delve into it because what motivates you? You know, another one that I saw on Kendra, it was it's it's really sad. When I say I think <laughs> community is going to hell in a handbasket listen the, the, uh, I if I'm going to keep it 100% with you I'm going to say it this one time and probably I don't know I'm not going to say it too many times or on future podcasts I don't think but I am really this short of considering to just not watch Kendra G anymore I know that it's entertainment value I do not agree with her how she treats the men versus the women it's very evident but it's to the point where it's um become a place where it's just so much degeneracy that and and you all have to understand i i grew up in an orthodox um upbringing like very christian like Orthodox meaning that they believe they're the only religion and um, with that very strict and conservative for the most part. So dealing with, you know, men coming on there saying that they're women, men coming on there saying that they are bisexual pastors going on there and saying that God told them that it's okay for them to it really is demoralizing I um almost wonder just because so many times I say we should kind of like find ourselves cutting and pasting from the good things that white people do I'm just gonna keep it 100 with you right it's musings of a divine feminine it's like, I don't, do we have morals in our community? Or do we have codes? Because at this point, it just feels like any and everything goes, 
you know? And so, but one of the, the other sad points I think was just, this is, this is a point where I realized, I think I just maybe might need to cut her off because, um, I've told you guys, if, if there's any type of gen- degeneracy on my, um, YouTube, I would just put do not recommend. I I am the queen of it. I have broken fingernails. I have moved so quick, like, oh, this is garbage. Poop, do not recommend. It is it's not even funny. I, I do it within like five seconds. It's just it's me pulling my hand out from under my blanket and just doop, do not recommend, do do do. Right? So I'm really good at it, but I, I think that with um hers, I really think it's entertainment value. I think I was able to detach and say, well, I don't agree with her views on this. I think that she is definitely represents, you know, the archetype of the black woman that's been conditioned to be, you know, more male identified. And, um, but I was able to detach from that and it's still watch the people who call in, but it's gotten so bad and I don't want to keep really opening myself up to that type of stuff. And I think the one that's going to surprise you out of all the examples that I used, you know, about the pastor calling in and saying that God told her it's okay to be bisexual, the bisexual men that have called in. I think, you know, the older um, man that was saying this young man blew his back out. There was a young woman that called, I mean, uh, there was an older black woman that called in and said a young woman blew her out, you know, at the water. There's um, men calling in saying that they're women. It just, I, I cannot take that toll. But the one that got me was, um, it was just recently at the time I'm recording this. We, it's like November, today is November 4th. So it would have been the Wednesday, Wednesday episode. Um, and this guy calls in, he has four kids. And he was talking about how he had been with that woman for that for all that time, and he said, "I'm looking for something different i want I'm tired of vanilla sex and it took me back to you guys know I, I went through a difficult period. Um and if you caught it, you caught it, and that's something that we will share <laughs> with our souls with each other, and you know what I you know, the difficulties I expressed on that podcast. I know some of you caught it. Um but it takes me back to the recordings that I did of um one of the, I keep saying it's my favorite one of my favorite psychologies, but it it was about sex and poor people. The name of the book is Sex and Poor People, and there's um a segment in there about the poor man's daughter. And when you read when I read that book, I legit cried, and because you not only see how it unfolds, I think in the black community. And the lack of protection um, and the conditioning. But 
why why did it bother me when he said that you know he just now at this point looking to just break out and have the vanilla sex and so in that book um it's it's i'm not remembering his name right now off the top of my um something sinclair upton sinclair upton sinclair one of my favorite psychologists i think that i got to encounter he's the author of that book and he talks about, you know, how for women, they're supposed to be so pure, you know, and it tells you a lot too, when you start to peel back the layers, how did they get here? What's the human behavior? What's the conditioning? How does a woman end up having four children for the same man? For him to turn around and say, I don't want to have vanilla sex anymore. Well, what happens is he watches these types of shows and you know there I talked a little bit about how I even found out through Princella when I tell you um like I could tell that my ex based on what uh, what I was hearing now in 2022 he was getting his information from these types of guys online and he actually did one of the things that she talked about in the thing and as soon as she said it it put into, it really, I mean, when I tell you she might as well had just been there when it happened because he did it play for play. But the thing is, I'm not the type of girls that his friends and these guys are used to. And maybe one day I'll be able to um, talk about it because it, as much as it hurt, it, it's really some funny, funny <laughs> shit because... It goes to show you, I am not like these other girls. And that's okay. I think that all women are just different. Anyways, he really played himself because what ended up in essence happening is he ended up having to go back home with his tail between his legs when actually the benefit is, is because I did wasn't confined to some of the other things that women are. I was free to just go about my day and, and, you know, really we could have, it could have ended up so happy. But the thing is, he wanted to go back and report to his boys that, you know, he had the same outcome that they did when they did that, that, that tactic. It is, is, I'm telling you, it hurt. I'm not going to lie. It kind of hurt because he did it. He did it like word for word for word. And then <laughs> I, like I said, I still remember everything from from that that time and but I'm going through just twirling happy doing whatever having a great time having a conversation with them but now it makes sense because I could understand why there was hesitancy and it's kind of like okay I'm gonna go home now yeah it's time for you to go okay I'm gonna go home now yeah yeah you have to go to work I have to go to work or I mean we don't I you know and it's kind of like and that messed them up that messed him up. And all he had to do was just take me for who I was and for what the moment was and take leadership. And so it's like, I imagine because of the way that things went on, he kept doing that formula over and over and over until somebody reacted in the way that his homeboy said that they that that the the woman should act, and it's like I said, maybe one day I'll I'll talk about it because I'm just not. I want to be when I tell it to you. I want you're gonna laugh your head off, type of a thing. But 
Um, back to the guy in the vanilla sex thing. It was kind of like women, you know, we are told to be pure and, um, dedicate our lives to, to men. And what happens is he, he's out here, um, that's how I ended up talking about how my ex was listening to these types of guys. So this guy has a, he has four kids. His youngest is two and a half. So this is kind of like in that same time frame along with my ex where everybody's online. These men are sharing these notes online. And so he's hearing out there about the, I'm going to say like sexual perversions or just sexual exploration, right? So if you've been with this woman for, I don't, I don't remember how old his oldest child was but it kind of gives you an indicator of how old he is and starting on the right track and having a right a family and being committed and then you start to tap into these conversations where it's like well they're twerking and they're doing all these positions and I remember um this was earlier in the year I don't go on Facebook very often if I do, it's because I'm in a trading group. I'm in a couple of trading groups and we're always ch- doing points. And that's one of my portals through where I got my money in the sense of like, we're talking about money all the time. Like they have put money in my pocket. Like, listen, those those are my favorite relationships. If you're going to text me and be like, boo, listen, get in on this one, th- get on this ticker symbol, get this option expiration date, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to put money in my pocket or you're going to tell me, boo. Like, for example, yesterday I got a, we were talking and I'm, I'm so busy, but, uh, if you know, you know, for my divine feminines, you kind of know. And so I'm, I'm slowing down a little bit, but I'm just running. So all I know is I just plug in and they're like, girl, go in, fill out this information. Boom. 100 coins. Four four thousand dollar value, and the thing is, I I've said this before. I have had done, had this conversation many times with uh, certain family members and friends. I easily could send them the link. It would take them thirty seconds to fill the thing out, and they could get four thousand dollars worth of coins. But they're not going to do it. I've tried it time and time and time again. Whatever. But I love those type of relationships. Listen, if you want to send me a ticker symbol. A winning ticker symbol that's going to add a good three, four hundred, two thousand, four thousand dollars to my bank account. Hit me up. My number is none. <laughs> but so, so I had gone into the Facebook thing, and um, it always opens you up to the main post or whatever, and then you have to go in and kind of look for the group that you want to get into, you know, or or the person to find, you know, to get into the group to that's a private group. And so one of the things that came up was for a local, because I'm subscribed, I follow like local cities to just hear news or, you know, what's going on or if people provide services or or that type of thing. And they had this party. It was supposed to be a party. And when I tell you, even on the dance floor, this, the, they, it was basically like they were having sex and to me, I remember, I just kind of like, I'm going to keep it 100. Like, you know, like when the little uh, angel cherubs, like just cover their eyes with their wings and turn their head. Like, it was just so much for me. And again, I do have to condition it. You all have to understand, I grew up Christian child childhood. So 
do as an adult have I seen things over the years now? Yes, but it's just it's so much. And so, you know, this guy talking about vanilla sex, he's seeing, you know, the positions and the adventure and the excitement and all this stuff. And and so um Upton Sinclair talks about this dynamic of, you know, the the most it is the most faithful woman that contracts the diseases because and and it I remember I talked it's that podcast is still up I did too and one of them I really went in and that one I left it up for like a little bit I know some of you heard it and I took that one down but I did a second one that was a cleaner version and um you will hear me when I read that quote again and it's in the body of description and it's a quote from Upton Sinclair it is a faithful woman that contracts the STDs because the the psychology is that the men want the 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 wife of virtue, you know, the lady in the sheets, you know, um, what is it a type of a thing, the the lady, the classy, the virtuous woman, the clean, untainted, the docile type of a thing, the housekeeper, but. They also want to get their toenails clipped and this sucked and that licked and that poked and who's bending and who's doing the bending over and what positions and where and who and how many people and, you know, it just and so it's it's a tragedy, too, because not only is it sad for what it means for her. For those four children. But the type of woman that's going to respond to that. He's not looking for another committed relationship. But he doesn't have it to offer. And I think that um, I could have probably figured that out. You know, my, my two little neurons would have clicked together. And the neurotransmitters would have been like, oh, that's a red flag, girl. It's a whole man with four kids type of thing. Mm-mm. But when you listen to Princella, she really explains to you, you know, that would be for the type of woman that would be dating and would say, well, he's a good father. You know, you've heard me say that before. The uh, three of the guys I dated had one daughter, right? Um, and But what you, you would have to kind of... Um, hear how she explains how that type of thinking, because if you want, you know, and there's also conversations about marriage. I think marriage means something to me different now than it did when I was younger. Um, I think as someone who is no longer, um, I wanted to have five children um, and then it went down to two. And then I was like, well, I can have one. I can take care of that, that child. I can, Give them the best that life has to offer. You know, they can be in a private school, get the braces, be in, you know, soccer, gymnastics, violin, piano. Like, all that's all the stuff my parents put me in. Put us in um, sports, put us in gymnastics, um, violin. I had violin classes, piano classes all the way up until high school. Um, travel. I can make sure they're dressed well and type of thing. But... I know that there's the importance of the father. And I think one of the best things I ever experienced in life was having my dad in the home. Um, And I don't think it's fair for me to not have that for my child. 
because even up until two years ago, I was like, you know, what? I can I can have a child um, and I know I can provide for I prefer, you know, to have a girl. But um, it's even some crazy stuff, too. And then I'm going to get off here, too. It's weird because I've heard like guys say, I think it used to mean something different back in the days when, you know, they would want to have a son. I could understand it. But given the current climate that we're in, when I hear men saying, and this is all like on Kendra G too, they have, um, they have two daughters. He had two daughters, but he wants a son. I think given this current climate, I'm like, that's just really, to me, I would consider it a red flag because... With boys, the the stats and the studies are already, already out there showing that, excuse me, that um, I'm just looking out the window. Um, that boys, that you know, you're gonna have to be a really strong role model, and even in two parent homes, the boys are not coming out giving you the legacy that a lot of people, you know, when you think about other cultures, when they have their firstborn son, is is they, they're carrying on the legacy. One of my favorite ones to talk about is like the Fords, right? The, the Fords, that name is carried on for forever. Another one that coincidentally I came across was the Kraft family, Robert Kraft. Um, he came into the news or he came onto my radar because he was going to these like um, Chinese or Japanese, you know, porn or like uh, massage parlors where they have the happy endings type of thing and he just recently got married to a 47 year old woman which I know a lot of red pillars or whatever these manosphere people are they're gonna flip their shit when they find out he married a woman that's past the wall like oh my god what the fuck and then on top of that got married when they don't even value marriage but anyways one of the things that I um could see with even with Robert Kraft, he had four sons, but he made sure that each one of those sons carry on his name. And I still remember it. I, I love this in terms of when I think of legacy, when other cultures think of, of forced son, it's not just something you're pulling out of your ass where it's like, oh, I just want to have a boy. I, no, it's because these people, these these boys are going to carry on the legacy. They're going to carry on the name. And your name has to stand for something. It has to stand for like the crafts. Crafts is on the stock market. Um, Ford is on the stock market. Same thing with, with um, all these other companies like the Bezos and... Um, what's the other one? Uh, even when you, when you look at the Rock, Rockefellers... Um, when you look at like the even there, I remember there was a, I can see the visualization, but I don't remember all the names. But when you even see how, um, there, there there's more business stuff, business and um, spiritual stuff going on that I, I'm not going to have time to unpack on here. But when you look at how, when, when in the black community, they say they want to have a boy, it's not, it, it's just doesn't have any meat or substance. When other people are saying they want to have a firstborn son or a boy, it means something, right? It means that this person is going to take over the law practice, the law firm. They're going to take over the medical practice. They're going to take over um, a business or an enterprise or a foundation. 
right? Um, one of the only maybe few people that I, I also like to talk about is like the Steve Harvey and Marjorie Foundation. That is goals. Like that is goals. I would say um, in terms of a relationship, I wouldn't... <laughs> This is this is going to be really funny. I'll say it here and then we'll unpack it in a future podcast. But I said it before. I think to me, marriage at this point doesn't hold the same substance. I think marriage is for younger people who want to have children. And again, you're passing on a legacy. If you're going to get married, I remember there was a case I talked about like maybe two or three months ago. And the woman got married. Long story short, her her son came in. And shot him, killed him, killed her. Um, it was her son from a previous marriage. And so she got married to this one guy. And But then the thing is, when they died, they had to do a GoFundMe. Because he didn't put the um, his wife's name on the house. And they didn't have a will so that the daughter, like a will and insurance... So that the daughter um, could inherit the house and pay for the funeral expenses for him and the wife, you know, type of a thing. So it's like, if you're going to be married and not even have something to pass on, like a house or at least cover your insurance, don't do it. Just don't. Just don't, in my humble opinion. Marriage is for like, if you want to have, you know, you you have estates, you have property, you have things to pass on, you have gold bars to pass on, you have um, trademarks and patents and books and royalties and stuff to, to pass on to your children. So for me, there's no point in me getting married because, married because I'm not playing. And the funny thing is, I'm going to put this in here. When I tell y'all I'm so fertile, it's not even freaking funny. It's not even funny because... All of the supplements I take, and I'll probably do a review in the next end of the month and going into January. All of that stuff makes you fertile. <laughs> I just added a new supplement to my regimen. Um, it's neck. Um, um, so I'm just taking it for a couple of days, but I'm gonna see how it what it does with my body, and I've heard a lot of good reviews on that one. That stuff makes you super, super fertile. I'm I was just laughing at myself. I'm like all the other stuff I'm already taking, my essential aminos, my, um, one of my other supplements I take for my skin, that stuff keep you fertile. Um, CoQ10, fertile. Some of the teas I'm taking, fertile. Okay. Um, but it, it just is what it is, right? It comes with, with, um, eating healthy and, and supplementing and have the right stuff, but I'm not planning on having kids. So I'm not, there's, there is no need to, you know, make sure that my daughter or my son, you know, gets anything from you. And so at this point, all of my things that I inherit, um, and I've talked about this a little bit, like my parents already, at this point, I'm a trust fund baby. So at my whole grown age, right? So I'll never basically have to work again. But um, but I, I do have a sense of purpose. Like just trying to figure out, you know, how to make a positive impact, at least for the kids who are coming up behind me. Right. Um, so all of the things that I inherit will go to my niece and to my God kids point blank period. So there's no need for me to, to be married, but what would be really cool is for me to, um, I would really want to do something like the Steve Harvey and Marjorie 
uh, foundation. And but even when I was doing my research and I did not upload that podcast, but I did record a podcast where I was showing what it would take for me and or my companion to start a, a foundation and you need at least $500,000. And so if I'm going to do it with my companion, he would need to bring his 250 and we would need to figure out, you know, how do we want to raise a vibration? How do we make an, an impact? How do we, what are the areas in our community that we can, you know, make things better? And I really absolutely would thoroughly enjoy doing that. Um, I have a lot of experience with event planning. I'm really good at planning events. I'm very much a behind the scenes type of a girl type of a thing, but I look forward to doing like the fundraisers, meeting with the families, inspiring the young kids, you know, so, and, and so is it going to take me a little bit longer if I do it by myself? Yeah. Cause I'll have to come up with the 500,000 for that and get the board, you know, board of trustees and, and that type of thing. But yeah, it would be fun if I had a companion to put in his 250 and then we just raise a vibration that way. And then that's how I would look at it. That's what I would do in lieu of like a, you know, a big wedding and putting my name on a certificate. But that's ultimately what the goal would be, right? And then even it would still benefit my my godkids and my niece because they would, they you have two different types of foundations. Um, you have the one that, would be, um, I guess, enacted or or in place until until you pass, and then you have the one that continues to go on after you after you're gone, and that's what I would prefer. I I could see my niece still being involved and being philanthropic, and I would hope that you know a couple of my godkids, and I'm I'm probably gonna take on even more godkids. As I'm going, like I said, I I have, you know, I still have my favorite, like, cousins um, that I I have to look out for. And one of them, one one of my new ones, um, so I have to officially add her to my list. I um, probably will revise my will next year type of a thing. But um, she was, she's only, she's turning three. She is so freaking cute. She was born the day after me and um her mom called me cuz we're, we're we're cousins but we haven't like we didn't grow up together type of thing and I thought that was so sweet but she was just catching me up and I was like, "Well, yeah, that that's listen, you're born the day after my birthday and then one of my godsons, he was born on the same day as my dad and he just turned 3. He just turned 3 um in October. So um yeah <laughs> let me let me get off of here. That was weird. I just we started talking a little bit about Maslow and it's unfortunate, I think, even as I'm looking through this, it's such a beautiful topic. I just hate that that guy you know discredited everything that he worked so hard for. And when you take college courses, you start to understand like how rigorous it is. Like even when you submit paperwork, you can't just say stuff. You have to pull, cite your sources and you have to, um, 
it has to be founded on some element of truth. And it's not based on feelings or emotions. You can feel something and then you can explore why you feel that way. And, you know, what percentage of you feel that way? Are you just a small percentage of people who feel that way? Or is it a large percentage? You know, when I even learned words from Princella like antidotal or... um I forget there was another word, but let me get off of here because y'all know I like to keep these at 30 minutes, but I've been kind of chit-chatty and I'm kind of tired of sitting on my butt. At this point, I usually would be out and (laughs) running around, but it just is what it is. All right, y'all. Know that I love you. Um, I just wanted to get that part off my chest too. I hope it was helpful. Until the next podcast, bye.